0: I'm Onslaught Six, and I'm not wearing any pants.
1: We're here today with Onslaught Six. How are you doing today?
0: Um, I'm. Well, it's 11.23 at night, and I'm still awake. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a late one.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's what happens when you spend all day in an amusement park.
1: Oh, you're, what amusement park?
0: Uh, it's called Del Grosso's out, out where I live. It's about, like, I don't know, 30 minutes away. I, th- I think it was, like, five bucks to get in, so I'm like, cool.
1: <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue. Uh, where are you from?
0: I am from the deep, dark, rural abyss of central Pennsylvania, (laughs) which is a a, a hellfire pit of just inescapable tragedy and depressing nothingness. (laughs)
1: Sounds pleasant.
0: Sounds yeah, ab- absolutely. One of my friends drove in from Punxsutawney to pick me up and take me someplace one time, and he said, as soon as I got to your town, I felt horribly depressed. And I'm like, that's <laughs> that's living that's living in Phillipsburg for you.
1: All right. On to the music questions. Uh, do you <laughs> recall the first genre or band you considered yourself to be a fan of, and about how how old were you?
0: Uh hmm. Well, I could. I could say Smash Mouth when I was 9 years old but I don't think that would count. <laughs> I don't think no? w- that that really count because th- well that was the first CD that anyone ever really gave me. Like up to that point I didn't really have anything besides like I had like a tape of the Power Rangers theme song and stuff like that when I was a kid. But like when I was 9 years old for Christmas I my father gave me a portable CD player and and Smash Mouth's second or third album i think the astro lounge the one with all-star on it and i listened to it because i really liked all-star because it was 1999 everybody loved (laughs) all-star if you didn't what was wrong with you (laughs) you know so and that that was the first like real cd anyone ever gave me that i listened to but the first band that i ever really considered myself a fan of was Metallica, because in 2005, uh, my best friend, Onslaught86, who lives in New Zealand, and will probably listen to this once I tell him about it, once it's out, uh, he'll, um, he sent me a couple of Metallica songs because he was starting to listen to Metallica. And this was like in 2005. So we were like transferring them over MSN messenger and it would take like three hours to get one song. It was a pain in the ass, but you know, he sent me for whom the bell tolls and I listened to it and I said, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Where has this been in all 15 years of it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> for whom the bell tolls, man, it's been around. It was around yeah, the whole 15. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs>
0: I don't know how it fucking flew right up by me. But there was that, and he sent me... Th- and this was my first real foray into something off the beaten path a little bit. But he sent me a bunch of Sisters of Mercy songs that I really liked. And that, that is why I think I like Synthesizers. That band.
1: Sisters of Mercy is very cool, yeah. Yeah. About what age... Uh- did you realize you had an interest in creating music then?
0: Um, well, I was about uh, 2005. Yeah, I was about 15 around that time, and we had just kind of been kicking around. Me and Onslaught Eighty Six, we had just been like kicking around ideas for like we weren't really seriously doing anything because I had never really, I had never really been interested in music. My father was and actually still is a bass player Uh, when I was born he had actually gone out to California to try and get signed in a metal band but then grunge happened and put the kibosh on that whole thing And me and my brother had been born and we were little babies so he wanted to fly back and be there in our lives so that kind of ended that for him but he still plays and he still hangs out and you know he still plays on weekends in shitty cover bands (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, so he had always tried to like get me into stuff, but it never really took hold for one reason or another. Like I remember, I remember we had a keyboard when I was growing up, and sometimes I would, you know, fuck around with it, but I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what notes were. And I just one day I I picked up a guitar because 86 of me had kind of been sitting around talking about bands and what we liked about certain bands and what we didn't like about certain bands and we we kind of had this short list of things. If we had a band this is what we would do and these are the things that other bands do that we hate and we'll never do those and we'll do all these things that we like. And we sat down and we said, okay well you know what? Let's do something no one's ever done before. Let's create an internet band. Because you live in New Zealand, I live in America so we'll just kind of You know, we'll put things together on the internet because you can do that. We have technology. It's awesome, you know? So I said, I'll learn to play guitar and you can learn to sing and you can write some of the lyrics and I can write some of the lyrics and we can work on the music together and we'll just put it all together on the internet and maybe one day if we get a whole lot of money, we can tour or something. So what happened was I sat down and I picked up a guitar that had been laying around the house. And I started playing it. And one day my father, at this point, my parents had gotten divorced, but he was over visiting us. And he noticed that I had this guitar in my room. And he said, are you, are you playing that? And his eyes lit up. Like, finally, my son, my chosen prodigy, is, is entering my lifelong profession, my lifelong love. Maybe finally I can, I can do something here. you know? And I was just like, yeah, I've been messing around with it. And he goes, show me what you can do. So I grab it and I'm terrible. I'm not hitting anything. News, it's out of tune and you can't play. But you'll figure it out. Don't give up. <laughs> and then he left and I just I kept going at it and you know eventually I I got uh, FL Studio and I started just developing songs and sort of writing stuff and figuring out how it went. Always with the intention of '86. Supplying a bunch of lyrics and vocals and he never did because he's a lazy fuck So uh, that's because what because we were gonna we were gonna call the band Valdigis Which is a Japanese transformer that we liked and we thought it was a really cool reference and all this other stuff And so there's actually an old myspace page for that with some demos <laughs> But and at, at some point I was just like you're not contributing shit I'm just going to call myself Onslaught 6 because that was the online identity I'd used since about 2002. And I just said, I'm just going to release it all under Onslaught 6, and if you get all, ever get off your ass, then you can be part of Onslaught 6. <laughs> and he still hasn't, so.
1: Well, maybe he'll get some motivation after this interview, huh?
0: Yeah, I hope so, you fucker.
1: <laughs> all right. Um so how many projects is it primarily just been on slot 6 you've been involved in?
0: Uh yeah, there's been there's been two or three little side things for a while. Uh around 2009 I was dating this girl over the internet, which is embarrassing, uh and we were kind of working on music together and that never really panned out cuz we had creative differences is what it was. And and I don't mean that in the way that, that most people usually mean it where somebody was a complete fucking dick. I mean I mean literally we just wanted two different things to come out of it, so we never really got it off the ground. But she's she's helped me out here and there whenever I need something. And uh I've been trying actually to start a band with my girlfriend for a while and it's not coming together either. But yeah, for the most part, onslaught six is is what I do because it's just it the way I see it um, there are some things that I do within Onslaught 6 as an entity that you could probably spit off into other bands like I've got this this Embryonica thing I'm working on which is just it's completely clean guitar and most of the time it's just, it's just all clean guitar I'll just record like two or three separate tracks of guitar and mix it and put some synths in, in the background and that's it and you could split that off into its whole other band, but the way I see it, it's still coming from me. It's still, I'm still the primary person coming up with all of it. So there's no sense in doing that, you know? There's no point in, in for me at least, to create a whole, other, a whole other band page and a whole other account on everything and a whole new Facebook and all that shit when I can just go, I have a new album. Go listen to it. It's a little different. If you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs>
1: It's it's cool to uh, catch a band that's willing to evolve their sound and try different things.
0: Right, that's the other thing. I, I'm I'm always trying to do different stuff, and most of the time people don't see it because it doesn't pan out or it sucks. <laughs> like I've had this this serious songs for serious Earth album brewing since 2010, and I haven't really. Done much with it because every time I sit down to record it, it doesn't sound good enough, or it sounds like crap, or just the songs aren't good. And but it's there, and people know that it's coming. People bother me about it all the time. Uh,
1: so the so that story with the onslaught six is that is that the whole story with the band? Oh, with your uh, project title?
0: Uh, yeah, I base I basically just decided it's it sounded like a good. What it is, is it's a Transformers fan character name that I made when I was, like, 12. And it just kind of stuck with me, because it's it sounds good, Onslaught 6, you know? And I just, I kind of just decided that would work as, like, an industrial metal band name. Because Onslaught, it implies it's heavy, it's, you know, it's going to come at you. And 6 has this kind of mechanical connotation like it's it's numbered it's there you know it's it's in a series kind of kind of like assemblage 23 or or nine nine inch nails even you know they all have numbers in them and that that kind of has this mechanical implicacy to it is that a word
1: it is now it is, I mean, now. It's, is now. If it's not, that's, it is now. That's
0: not just a that's not just a word now. It's a fucking title. Implicacy. Track six on Gestalt. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. Um how would you describe your music to someone who has never heard it before?
0: Um with the with the latest album besides John Carpenter EP Termina, I've been going up to people and saying, I write industrial metal based on Majora's Mask. And that usually catches people's ears. So I, de- I definitely, at some point when I was creating stuff, I had to figure out what I was going to label myself as. And I decided that industrial metal was what I wanted to be considered. Because I, the, you know there's a lot of noise in it. There's a lot of synthesizers and all that stuff. But there's always that heavy guitar in it. And there's always that kind of growly, heavy vocal in it. And I just wanted, I wanted that to come across in what I described myself. And the only unfortunate part of that is more and more as I kind of try to delve into things, I'm finding that it's, it's idiosyncratic. It doesn't (laughs) matter. Industrial metal, if you listen to my stuff, it fits that definition. But then you listen to other industrial metal bands and they don't sound like me it's it's almost like what Nine Inch Nails dealt with in the 90s with, with the whole industrial rock thing label like it's it, there's there comes a point where some certain bands are labeled something and then everybody thinks that that label is sound, just means you sound like that band and it it doesn't like if if you listen to if you think progressive metal you probably might think tool so you think oh progressive metal means you sound like tool or you sound like dream theater but the idea of metal like a metal that's progressive that challenges the perceptions of what metal is and what music is in a way can be applied to lots of different bands that don't sound like tool or dream theater for example so it's kind of it's kind of weird, but I always tell people industrial metal because I feel like that describes it. And nobody's corrected me yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, that falls into the whole uh, being confined by genre titles issue. Right,
0: right. And like, because, it... go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, like you were saying with the progressive metal, where the title, it's, the meaning of the title itself kind of goes against what the title puts in people's minds when they hear right.
0: it. Right, Exactly. And also also, especially within metal as as a genre name, there's been a very bad, in my opinion, tendency to explode it out into many, many subgenres that just don't make any sense or they they over describe the music to me. You know, because yeah. you've, got, you've got your death metal, and then you've got your black metal, and your doom metal, and then you've got your black doom metal, and then you've got your black doom death metal. And it's like, and then you've got your post doom death metal. And it's just like, wh- how, how specific is your sound really that you need that many monikers before it to describe what it is? And the answer is usually not, not very. <laughs>
1: All right, so you've got some tracks for us to play today. What's the first track you're gonna spin?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making your job difficult, aren't I? No, it's uh, all right. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with "Termina" from "Termina," <laughs> which yeah,
1: okay. is
0: which is so close to. I always wanted to have like one of those songs where like the the artist title. And the album title and the song title are all the same you know like iron maiden iron maiden iron maiden black sabbath black sabbath black sabbath and i think this is the closest i've gotten because termina <laughs> couldn't be a band name but termina was the first song i wrote for termina uh <laughs> when termina was an ep that wasn't called termina um because i had written like these while i was writing lambda x i wrote a bunch of songs that didn't fit because Lambda X was a concept album that had a narrative, and these songs didn't work with that narrative because they weren't fucking about anything. Uh, so I kind of developed like this short. It was supposed to be an EP, it was supposed to have, I think, like four tracks. And Tablets of Destiny was one, Blue and Seizure, and I think Blasphemer was one. Um, and then I wrote Termina because. There was this video series, uh, kind of it was it was a creepypasta, which is um a copy pasta, which just means it's something that gets copy and pasted over and over again over the internet on 4chan's uh, X forum, which is the paranormal forum, about a dude who found this uh, haunted Zelda Majora's Mask cartridge at a yard sale and he took it home and the game was haunted and was doing all this fucked up shit and then the guy got in it got the ghost that was inside the cartridge got in his computer and he went insane and all this shit happened and I thought it was really cool and so I you know called the guy up when it was over and I was like hey man um what if what if I wrote a song about this because I really like it. I want to write a song about it. I do, like, this industrial metal thing. And he was like, go for it. I, I wrote a song about, I wrote a story about, you know, The Legend of Zelda. I didn't even ask permission. I just did it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, and I just sat down and I wrote Termina, which was this fucked up Major's Mask song. And the primary influence on it is Killing Game by Skinny Puppy, which I've now re- revealed the secret. <laughs> Cause everybody's gonna go listen to Killing Game now and go, you did fucking rip off Killing Game, and yeah, I totally did. Uh, like I, down, down to almost not. I think the chord progression's different a little bit, <laughs> barely, but all the words are mine. I think. <laughs> so, so there you go. That's Terminal.
1: here what title would you give yourself in regards to being a musician
0: uh i am definitely a rhythm guitarist first and foremost uh with vocals coming second in there i think because as as i described earlier i kind of i set out to be a guitarist because i mean i always sang because everybody kind of sings but i never really thought of doing it myself professionally as, as professional as I am at this point, which is not very, <laughs> but like doing it as, as my preferred thing. And it, it really just kind of ended up, I'm doing it because I'm the only one who can, because I could never, singers always have egos <laughs> and, <laughs> or they don't. Or, and here's, here's the thing. I, I'm also kind of a control freak when it comes to other instruments and other other and with collaborating with people sometimes i do like the idea of just kind of having a vague idea and taking it to someone and being like here's my vague idea take it away and bring me back something that blows away my expectations and then i can reel you back in a little bit closer to what i got i like that idea but most of the time when you get a singer in there they're more like, well, this is just the way I do it. And, you know, if I give them a line and I say, do it like this, uh, uh, or whatever, and they go, Whoa, and I'm like, that's wrong. And they go, that's the way I'm doing it. It's like, you can get the fuck out of my house then. <laughs> Why am I working with you? But for the most part, my experiences that way have been better. And, uh, and the reason that I don't describe myself as simply a guitarist or a lead guitarist is I am terrible at both. I'm terrible at rhythm guitar also but <laughs> I, th- I feel like if I just say I'm a rhythm guitarist I can be forgiven for that <laughs> because I've also I've been trying to get in a cover band in my area but the lo- the local music scene is just terrible. Mostly I just want to go out on the weekends play in bars play shitty old classic rock covers for 50 or 100 bucks, you know, a night. Just mostly just for fun and to keep my keep my chops up you know and I it's hard to get in one because the area around here is so terrible but uh on top of that um what was I gonna say oh I um I always describe myself as a vocalist and rhythm guitarist because I also at there have been times in my life where I've gone and played with bands or I've sung with a band. Like, I know some guys who are in a band, and I'm like, hey, you're playing Saturday Night, you mind if I come down and sit in a couple? I'll sing Rebel Yell, or I'll sing whatever. And they'll be like, yeah, come on down. And I go up there with just the mic stand, and I don't know what to do. I look stupid, because my hands don't know what to do. So I I always, you know, try and make sure that I have a guitar in my hand, because then you can do the James Hetfield thing, where you're, you know, you're leaning over the guitar and you're playing it and you're just kind of singing because you have to.
1: When it comes to the typical song creation process, uh, where do you start and how does it fall together usually?
0: Well, uh, this is this is probably the answer that you get the most, but it all depends on what song it is. Because I would say for the most part, I usually do start with the drums. Uh, I have a couple different templates right now which is actually better than I've had before because usually for past albums and past projects and stuff, what I would do is I would just sit down with a completely blank session with nothing in it and just start from there. I'd lay down a kick, I'd lay down a snare, and I'd go from there. And I'd tweak it and I'd mess with it and I'd just come up with a drum beat and usually that's where things go. But every so often there's there's exceptions to that where you're just kind of playing guitar in your house or you're playing bass and you come up with something and then that becomes what the song is. You know, you just, you just play this riff and then that's what the song starts with. And usually if you're listening to a song of mine, whatever it starts with in the song is what was written first. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the jumping off point yeah. exactly
0: because I'm, I'm just not very good at, uh, at removing those elements and making and bringing it back in. Like if I start with a drum beat and then I bring the guitar in because that's how I came up with it, chances are pretty good that I'm never going to go back and start the song with guitar and bring the drums in next. And that's something that I think I need to work on for the next one Mm -hmm. because I'm getting bored of starting songs with the drums. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Of the entire
1: uh, process, like writing, recording, mixing, Okay. Um, releasing. What's your favorite part? Oh,
0: this is this is a good one. Um, I'm not I'm not too fond of the actual recording process right now because I record. I mean, there, there's a especially with the kind of music that we all tend to do. Um, there's a line. There's kind of a weird line between recording and sequencing things. I guess there really isn't when you think about it, but I like sequencing things, and I like doing that, kind of. Mm-hmm. But the, right now, for me, the actual act of sitting down to record live instruments or live vocals annoys the hell out of me, because I record everything through this Line 6 box. It's a, it's a What's it say on it? It's a Toneport GX. And it's just this shitty little $70, $80, basically it's just an audio interface. And for reasons that I don't understand, if you bump the box at any point when it's plugged into the computer, sometimes the, the little connection light on it will turn from green to red, and it'll just disconnect. And you have to unplug it and plug it back in. And sometimes when you do that, it'll crash fruity loops or it'll crash the interface program or it'll it'll just blue screen of death the whole computer and if you didn't save what you had going at the time which i'm i'm notoriously bad at saving things like i don't save between takes i save when i'm done like if i like i'll i'll save before i start recording but then i'll record my entire guitar session or whatever i i'm doing and then I'll save it like between uh, like I'll sit there and I'll edit all the takes together and I'll do everything. And if I screw up and bump it in between that, it's it's gone. It's gone. And I've lost a couple things that way. It's still the files are still recorded, but they're not put back into Fruity Loops.
1: Mm-hmm. Then it's a mess.
0: Right, exactly. Then you got to go in and you got to, especially if you edited anything, because then you got to do, you got to re-edit everything. So right now recording is kind of a pain in the ass for me. I would would love to have a setup, especially in like a real studio with an engineer who could just press play and all I have to worry about is, is doing it, but unfortunately I do not have the budget nor the space for that. So that's kind of my least favorite part right now, which is sad because I love singing and I love playing guitar. It's just such a pain in the ass to get it all out. Like if I could ju- if I could just heard like every time I felt like singing, if I could just walk into another room and push a button and get it down right then, that would be amazing. But I can't do that. And also, I'm really getting into um post production and effects and such now. Um I've started on the last one to really get familiar with automating plugins and such to like turn them on and off in the middle of songs and like bring up parts and mess with filters and shit like that. I've really gotten into that and I really like it and I really like I like mixing a lot. When it I like mixing when it goes smoothly. I don't like it when it's a pain in the ass which it is has been for a while now which is partially i'm sure my arrangement because there's this i have a weird tendency I'm, I'm sure it's not that weird but writing a song and recording it and um and mixing it are all kind of the same thing when you get to it i don't really do demos per se i don't i don't ever sit down and demo out a song and then go okay time to re-record that in 3 or 4 months. Mm, I don't do that. What the fir- the first take is usually the one that stays unless it's horrible. <laughs> and different demos are usually just just more like an evolution of the last one. The the layman may not even be able to tell the difference between the demo from Thursday and the demo from Saturday, but I might because I turned up the bass a little bit or I added this little thing here or I changed what the hi-hat was in that one part or I added these drum changes. That's actually hurting me a little bit now because what I'm what I'm finding now is I'll I'll, I'll do for example, I'll do I'll start my drums up and I'll put in the kick and I'll put in the snare and I'll have my basic little pattern or my complex one or whatever the hell I'm going to do. And I'll lay it down for however the song goes and you know, I'll start building the rest of the song about it, but I won't ever adjust what those initial drum levels I set for, If I, or if I set my bass synth up, and I put, I'll throw some distortion on it, and I'll throw some delay or whatever, just kind of as a placeholder to make it sound cool enough that I can move on. And then I find myself not really going back and revisiting that so much, and making keeping it consistent with everything else that comes in. So like uh, like I'll EQ my bass the way I think bass should be EQ'd and then not really think about it again or think about what else what else I put in the song that might be taking up those frequencies that I could now drop out. I'll just kind of leave it there and then, you know, I'll be listening to the song in 2 months and I'll be like, "Why does the bass sound like shit?" cuz you didn't go back and EQ it. But I don't think of that. I just go, "The bass sounds like shit in that song. I don't know why." Oh well.
1: Alright, so of those, par- uh, of those parts, the different uh, areas of creating the song, what do you feel is uh, your strongest point? What, what are you strongest at?
0: Uh, hmm. I think I'm really good at arrangement. I find myself all the time just kind of listening to songs, or I'll be listening to a song and I'll play around with it, and I'll just get to a point and I'll think, they shouldn't have done that there. There should be another chorus there. Or... I'll be listening to a song and go, that ending sucks. Here's how I would have ended it. And I wish that I had more opportunity to do that. But it's because it seems like sometimes I'll be, I'll be able to be very creative when working with someone else's stuff. And then it'll come to my own stuff and I'll get to the end and I'll be like, I don't know how to fucking end this song. Use one of those ideas for those other songs that you didn't write. But I, <laughs> I you know, it doesn't occur to me to do that. And I know, and the worst part is, I know that it doesn't occur to me to do that. And I know that this is a problem. And I somehow don't take the steps to rectify it. Because I don't know how. I don't know how I would remember those ideas and then steal them later. I'm also really good with, if, if I do have a solid base down, not a base, but like a base, mm-hmm. if, that, if that makes sense, I'm, I'm pretty good with coming up with stuff to fit into it like if i've got if i have a chord progression and my melody and maybe some guitar stuff recorded i'll be able to sit there and i'll be able to just sit there and listen to what i have for a couple hours at a time sometimes which annoys the hell out of my girlfriend she's staring at me right now like yes you do i know <laughs> she's you know i love her though anyway um i'll be i'll be able to sit there and i'll be able to think or hear there should be a melody in there that goes do 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 do, and then I'll be able to put that in. And I'm really good at coming up with that. It's it's when I have less to work with that I suffer, I think. And in those cases, usually what I do is I just sit around when I have less to work with for longer until I come up with something.
1: So a more basic pattern is repeated over and over, driving your girlfriend further crazy.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I remember um, on one song on Termina called Unity. It's the last third of Tablets of Destiny. This sixth track because because I, I wanted to have a song that was like 15 minutes long and it had three parts to it and it's just this the most epic thing you've ever heard. I really wanted that for some reason. So, and I just I knew I had, wanted to start it with this guitar that this guitar hit that echoed And panned back and forth between the ears, between the speakers. So I I just kind of recorded that, and I recorded this. And I sat there, and I listened to that for like 20 minutes with my guitar plugged in, just going until I found something and noticed that I'd been playing the same little riff pattern for like 10 minutes. And I was like, I should probably record that before I forget it or fuck it up.
1: Okay, you mentioned you uh, use FL Studio. Is there any other software you use?
0: Uh, sometimes I use Audacity. <laughs> and that's... Sure. Um, just for little shit. And that's, that's pretty much it. I got the lines, as I said before, it's this Line 6 tone port. And with that, I use PodFarm, which is the program that it's shipped with, uh, which is just like an amp simulator that was really, really awesome and powerful and cool when I got it three or four years ago, and now it just pisses me the fuck off. Because I feel like I've just exhausted every possible good thing to come out of it, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So now I pretty much just use it empty and don't put anything on it, maybe a noise gate, and I'll just run... I'll just run distortion VSTs and speaker VSTs in Fruity Loops. Uh, I've been thinking for a while that I should get Reaper or um, Ableton or something like that to kind of make... to just make weird synth stuff, and then I could export the pattern as a WAV file and just bring it back into Fruity Loops. But I haven't done that yet because... The laptop that I'm using is very, very bad. It's it's a Vio. How old is this thing? 2007? She says it's from, like, 2007. So it's... it's And it's pretty much on its last legs here. So I pretty much can't afford... Not financially, <laughs> but... Like, I can't afford the processing power in the space or anything like that to sit down and get something like that. So... Probably once I have a better computer, that's, that's what I'll be using. But I'm still, I'm probably never going to move from, I, I won't say never because that's stupid, but for the foreseeable future, I'm probably going to stick to Fruity Loops because I, I just like it. A lot of people say it's hard to use or that it sounds generic, but I, 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 it was the first thing I ever used, and right away I knew that I wanted to avoid a stigma about it. Because as I said, there's a lot of people will go, "Oh, you use FL Studio? You're like 12 year old girl making shitty music that you don't know what you're doing," you know, or you just make shitty techno or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, I know, I knew that before I even tried it. I knew that that stigma was in place, so I knew that I immediately wanted to avoid doing that. So I went out and I found a bunch of free VSTs that I could use. And I found a bunch of free plugins and free drum sample packs and all this other stuff that so that I could basically just use it as a, as a sequencer instead of relying on it just on its own. And I think by recording guitar and vocals, that immediately makes people think (laughs) that I'm better than I am at using it. Yeah, I've, I've.
1: I've used Fruity Loops uh, FL Studio off and on for a long time, and uh, I could never get a hang of recording stuff into it. I don't understand what my problem it's is. It's weird. I, it, I thought it's kind of... It's uh, really weird. Yeah, I agree. It's a strange setup.
0: I don't know how I understand it, because <laughs> I don't, I mean, when I started, I was just using the demo, so I couldn't save any of my sessions, because I didn't know what to do. So I would, I would actually record everything in Audacity, separate, while I w- w- running alongside it. So I'd like play whatever I was recording over, and then I'd have to go in Audacity, and I'd make sure that somehow I knew that's where it started. So I'd sit there, and I'd be recording vocals, and I'd have to be like, one, two, three, four, yeah! Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just... And then I'd have to go in and I'd have to edit it out and then make sure the time was still the same. And Then I'd have to load it in Fruity Loops and do that. And then finally I just sat down and I just said, I have to figure out how this works. And I just I fucked around with it for a while and figured it out.
1: All right, is there any other hardware you use? You mentioned the Line 6 as the audio interface. Um, uh, it, you play guitar and stuff. Uh,
0: what other kind of stuff do you use? Um I have a keyboard from Radio well I don't have it my girlfriend does but it's a keyboard from Radio Shack from what 10 years ago or something like that and it's got MIDI out so <laughs> that's all I care about Nice I got yeah. that I have I have some uh, pedals but they're all distortion pedals and I don't use them very often when I record stuff cuz it's just another cable that gets in the way I do have a Digitech Vocal preamp that I'm actually using right now that uh, has like a harmonizer and detune on it, and it's actually it's it has a vocoder setting, but I haven't figured it out yet because I don't have the manual. And it can actually receive MIDI input and create chord like chordal harmonies depending on what chord you play. But I don't know piano chords, and I don't know how that works because again, no manual but i'll just i'll just push some buttons here and see what we can get on my harmonizer. And this is yeah, this is on the detune setting. I'll take that off now. That's probably really annoying. <laughs> but that i've been i've been using that a lot and it sounds it sounds really wicked when you throw distortion on top of it. Especially if you put if you put a higher voice in there and then you put distortion on it. It doesn't even have to be in key, because there's, there's a separate switch for the harmonies, a separate volume knob, so you can just put a little bit of it in there, and then when you put the distortion on, it really brings up your, your like, the high notes and the high frequencies in the vocal, and it sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> I, and I bought it from my father for, like, 40 bucks, so... <laughs> that's the other that's the other great thing about having a father for a musician he can he can he because he always has like a bunch of shit that he's trying to get rid of for for like no money he'll be like hey uh i have this pedal i don't need do you do you want it and i'll be like how much and he'll be like i don't know 15 bucks whatever (laughs) i'll be like yeah i don't give a shit he actually gave me my guitar and paid for this line six box So now that I think about it, I think he's bought every piece of equipment I've ever had. I don't even think I've ever bought a guitar cable. This is his microphone, too. What am I talking about? (laughs) This is my, so, so, if, if he is ever listening to this, uh, thanks, Dad. You're, you're pretty much the entire source of everything I've got. Without you, I'd suck more.
1: (laughs) All right. What drives you to create music?
0: Other people making shitty music. <laughs> I won't, I won't, and, and, and I just mean in general, not anybody I know personally, but like, just like I go out and I hear like Kesha and TikTok, or I hear a- just absolute shitty modern rock stuff, like Three Days Grace and stuff like that. And what, what are some other bands I hate, honey? <laughs> <laughs> She she knows more about this than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I always bitching about? Tell me. I apparently I hate Kings of Leon, because um, every time I say she says that she likes them, she I get pissed off. I guess. Um, I'm just repeating what she's saying. Yeah, I bitch about Linkin Park a lot, except I like their new stuff, which is weird. I shouldn't because it's not any different. It is a little different, but. Mm-hmm. but, like, Nick Nickelback, I hate Nickelback. Oh, yeah. Disturbed, I really hate Disturbed, because Disturbed, Disturbed is worse than Nickelback for me, because the, the first 16 bars of every song in there's is really cool. I'll be listening to the radio, because I don't have an MP3 player or something like that, and a Disturbed song will come on, and I won't recognize it, because I don't fucking listen to Disturbed, but it'll have a really, really cool intro, and then... I'll be like, wow, who is this? This sounds awesome. And then something, oh, oh, gah, 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 oh, oh gah. and I'll be like, oh, it's disturbed. I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, ju- I just hate this whole tendency in like modern rock music for unnecessarily detuned guitars. And I'm a hypocrite because I detune my guitar when it's appropriate. And just real, just really poor vocalists in general. Uh, I was I was riding in the car with my father the other day, and he played me um, that new Slash album with Miles Kennedy, and he was like, "This guy has just such a great voice." And I was like, "You're a fucking musician. You should know better. What's wrong with you? You don't. You don't ha- see that? It's it's even worse because it's my father. You know, it's this guy who, who's my idol, basically, who should know better." But he doesn't for reasons I can't comprehend. So, yeah, that's pretty much people making shitty music that I don't like is what drives me to make my music. Because I always said that the reason I got into doing music was because I love music. I love listening to things. And I wanted more music that I could listen to. Like, I make music that I would want to hear if I didn't make music. Because I just, I just want more music that sounds like what I listen to is part of it. And to make tons of money and get tons of pussy. <laughs> 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 that's, that's really what drives me. It's the money and the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Forget everything I just said. Just edit all that out and just put just the money and the pussy, please.
1: Just the money and the pussy. Everything else is getting cut. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. Don't actually do that.
1: I won't. Okay. I won't. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, don't tempt me, man. Don't tempt me. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> censored. <laughs> okay. Are you inspired by non-music sources? And if so, I'm so
0: fucking lutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I I'm, thought no, I'm so. just gonna
0: cut you off. I'm gonna be an asshole and. <laughs> Uh, the, the funny thing is it's not just my latest stuff it's, it's been everything I've ever done um, because what it really is is it's a crutch <laughs> when I I tried to write songs at the beginning that were personal to me that meant something and came from my heart and I realized that half the time there ain't nothing there <laughs> I'm just a dude who likes to listen to music and watch movies and fuck around on the internet <laughs> so that's what I write songs about most of the time I, there's a couple where, you know, you get into my interpersonal politics and what I believe. But most of the time, it's it it can be drawn back to some movie or some video game or somebody else's song, even. You know? Uh, my first album was called Tidal Wave because there's a Transformer from a pretty obscure toy line. From from 2003's Armada toy line. Who was just this big, giant robot. Who turned into a battleship and his name was tidal wave and he just said his name over and over tidal wave tidal wave tidal wave and one day I was talking to my friend and I said that'd be a great idea for a song just just say tidal wave over and over and over again so I and I opened up notepad because I use notepad to write everything I don't use word or anything else I use notepad because it's plain text it's simple no bullshit all the files are small I opened up Notepad, and I just wrote down, tidal wave, tidal wave, tidal wave, tidal wave, tidal wave, tidal wave. And then I said, what else? And I wrote the verses right there. And that was it. So I'm inspired by that. I'm inspired by movies um, all the time. I write... Most of the time when I'm inspired by a movie, I'll just go and sample that movie. I don't care. (laughs) Because I'm not afraid of being sued. Because if I did, I would turn it into a publicity stunt and make lots of money. <laughs> that's what I say to help me sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> but like on, on Termina, obviously there's the title track, but there's a song called Dolphin, which uh, we can, we'll, we'll play later, I guess. Um, that's about the movie Johnny Mnemonic with Keanu Reeves in it. And it's just, you know, it's this guy and he has a computer in his head and he gets this, this bad info from these dudes and... Then the yakuza's after him, so he goes to he goes to Ice T, and Ice T's like, I got this fucking dolphin hooked on smack, and he's hooked up to a computer. He can get the shit out of your head, and he's like, do it, man, and he does it, and then they kill the yakuza guys, and Dolph Lundgren's in it, but uh it's kind of unnecessary for him to be there. It's just, so I didn't put him in the video <laughs> or talk about him in the song. <laughs> like, um, it's weird because when I there's a there's another group I like called the Proto Men. And, and my girlfriend's smacking her head right now. Um, yes, you are. You would be if you didn't have a controller in your hands. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> they're, they're called the Proto Men. And basically, they're like, they create rock opera albums about a dystopic 1984 version of Mega Man, the video game. Which, if you've ever played it, it's like, this: you're just a little blue dude shooting guys. It's cool, whatever. And they made, like, it's, you know, the dark future city, and it's ruled by an iron fist, and all this, all this cool shit. Which is not really true to the source material, but it's still really cool anyway. And I kind of ripped that whole idea off. Because whenever I... I'll take a movie, or I'll take a video game, or I'll take some whatever. And I'll take elements of the plot... And I'll kind of twist them to what I want it to be about. Like, the, in, the, in the movie Johnny Mnemonic, the, those guys get the shit in his head and all that, and I change the order of the events that happen, and I kill off this one character who doesn't die in the movie, and I do all this other shit that nobody would really notice because it's abstract enough anyway, the way I write. And I just, I make it to separate it a little bit and make it my own thing. Kind of kind of like fan fiction. I write fan fiction songs, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's another song on Terminal called Neon Genesis, which is about the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion. And I remember I wrote the song, and it's sort of about it, but it's not. It's got bits and pieces that relate to it. And then it's got a bunch of my own shit. And I showed it to my friend, and he was like, you can't call it Neon Genesis. That's too obvious. And I go, I don't give a shit. I'll do it anyway. Fuck you. <laughs>
1: You have another song for us today. What are you going to play?
0: This is the one that made me famous, or as famous as I will probably ever get. It's called Tidal Wave. It's from the Tidal Wave EP, which is free on onslaught6.com right now. Go, go t- turn this off and go buy it and pay me money, or don't pay me money. Just go, just go get it. Get it for your ear holes and your face hole and your computer hole, and then come back and listen to it here so that you know what you just didn't buy. Uh, yeah. I used to play this at my open mic night in college. I would hook my computer up and play my guitar and yell through the speakers. I was the loudest motherfucker in the room. And people loved it. I I would go to class and people would yell at me, Onslaught 6, tidal wave from across the campus. And I wish that I had continued going to college so that I could have capitalized on that. (laughs) And that's that's how Tidal Wave got, got popular. That was the first time anyone ever really like liked my music and that I had somebody people who I didn't know liked what I was doing. And that was a really weird feeling, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: music what would you like to accomplish if any
0: realistically or unrealistically
1: <laughs> both
0: both okay yeah unrealistically i would love to just be signed to a major label that supports what i do and will give me all the money in the world to to pay musicians to help me record my stuff and i'll get it produced by trent Reznor and devin townsend and i'll you know have steve Vai do all the fucking guitar solos and joe Satriani because i don't give a shit and danny loner will play bass and all this shit and we'll go on a world tour with all those guys and You know, we'll play all these songs that I wrote that are about movies, and I'll be able to license the samples, and nobody would consume me because I paid for it and all this shit. But that's not gonna fucking happen. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, I mean, I could make steps that are closer to that maybe if I did get on a label or something like that, but I'll never get to that level. And and it's it's important to realize that because I don't want to be sitting here in my bedroom apartment, you know, fantasizing about being on stage with Joe Satriani playing my songs when that'll never happen. Because mm-hmm. there's so many people who do stuff like that, and they, it, it saddens me, because if you, if you realize that you won't be able to accomplish that, you can set smaller goals and achieve those and be happier. Because realistically, what I would like to do is I would like to get my music to a level where it can sustain itself. Not that it can necessarily sustain me and my living and my lifestyle, that it could pay my bills, but enough that I could continue to do it and whatever amount of money I want to spend is the amount of money that I could get back from it. And it's, it's weird because it's almost getting to that point. I had an Indiegogo campaign, which is like the knockoff Kickstarter, back in uh, March to fund Termina, the album the cds i had already recorded everything and by the time the campaign finished i had actually released it digitally but i wanted to get cds made and i wanted them to be made the way i wanted them i wanted a six panel insert i wanted a clear tray i wanted it to look really good and just be really cool i wanted it to be a step beyond because most of the time when people make release a CD An indie band will release a CD. It'll be through Kunaki or if they have a little bit of money it'll be through Discmasters. And it'll still just be like a one-sided one-sided flippy tray in the thing. It won't open up or have anything. And it'll be a black tray CD and that'll be it. You know, it won't it won't it won't have anything cool or interesting or really unique about it. It'll just be the 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 absolute minimum thing that you can call a CD is what it'll be, which is understandable if you want to make money doing it. I don't mind if I lose money because most of the time I have a day job. I'll have another source of income where I, you know, can make my living. I can afford to eat and pay my rent and all that stuff. And the music is just on the side. For a long time, I wasn't making any money, which did not surprise me at all because I was, I was, the only people who knew about my music were the people I was going to college with, and I'm not, and my friends, and I'm not about to go to my friends and say, "Hey, I made a CD. Pay ten dollars for it." <laughs> Most of the time, though, luckily, there, there, I've lately fallen in with some very generous people who are willing to 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 throw me ten or twenty bucks whenever I put something out, which astounds me. But I did, I did the uh, Indiegogo campaign to fund the CD, and it. It did not. It was sort of successful. The way the way Indiegogo works is they actually won't let you have a campaign for less than five hundred dollars, which is insane to me. Because what if I don't need five hundred dollars? Which I didn't. I estimated out what I needed, and I said I need about three hundred fifty bucks to get it done and get everything that I want done. I wanted to get T-shirts and posters made up. And I got $320 out of it uh, before Indiegogo fees because Indiegogo kind of fucks you. Pretty hardcore on that. This is, this is a warning to anybody listening and thinking about using Indiegogo. Um, because Indiegogo, unlike Kickstarter, will give you the money if your campaign fails. Now, I made enough money that I could get the CDs printed, and I did. They're sitting in my room right now. I'm staring at one. and. But it didn't, it didn't get $500, which was the minimum goal, so it failed. But if your campaign fails on Indiegogo, you don't, have, you don't lose the money. If you go to Kickstarter and it doesn't get funded, that money goes back to the people who put into it, and whoever made the campaign is shit out of luck. They have to find some other way to make their thing. Uh, that's why I used Indiegogo, because if I failed, I still wanted to keep the money, because I'm an asshole. <laughs> And so I had enough. At the end of the day, I had enough to get the CDs made. And I got 50 made because I figured I could sell 50 or I could sell at least half that and still have some laying around to sell in a couple years or whatever. Or if I ever get a live thing going, I could sell them there, you know, at a merch table or whatever. And right now, I think I'm down to 22 CDs after all is said and done. So it's getting to the level where it can kind of sustain itself already without things being too horribly elaborate, which is going to go into shit with Gestalt, the next thing I'm working on.
1: How long do you see yourself making music?
0: Until the day I die. I, I I seriously think that I'll be making it in, in some capacity or other until I, am, until I either die or I am physically incapable of doing it. And given the way electronic music is sometimes produced, I don't think I'll be physically incapable of doing it. I might change depending on how... Like, if I can't play guitar anymore because I'm too old or whatever, then my music just won't have guitars in it anymore or I'll make my kid do it because I'll be old enough to have a kid, hopefully. <coughs> <laughs> or, or something like that, you know. And just, I, I always say, whenever I send out, because I send out demos to labels and stuff all the time on the internet, and I always say to them in the email, I'm going to continue to make music whether you sign me or not. The question is, do you want to get in right now? And usually they say, no, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> But but that's to me, that's the thing. I'm going to keep making this, and it's going to keep getting better constantly. Every t- hopefully, it'll keep getting better anyway. I, th- I think at this point, it still is. Um, until I either peak or I die, it'll keep getting better. And I'm just going to keep doing it and finding a way to get it out there, which Bandcamp and SoundCloud and all that stuff is just amazing for with without the internet i i would be nowhere because i i wouldn't even be able to record it first of all but also you know i can i can get it out to where people can can hear it and listen to it i have fans all around the country right now i asked the other day on my facebook if i opened for a band in pittsburgh would you come to a show because i'm looking into putting a thing together, and maybe opening for a couple bands out in Pittsburgh. And pretty much all the responses I got were, if I lived in Pittsburgh, man, I'd be right there. But I don't fucking know anybody in Pittsburgh. I know, like, three people. So, you know, my, fr- my friends in California, my friend in Virginia, my friends in New York, and Boston, they're like, I'd come in a heartbeat, but I'm not driving the whole fucking way to, you know, where'd I say? Pittsburgh. <laughs> to to come see your stupid ass (laughs) you know on a on what's probably going to be a thursday night at some shithole bar and i'm like i understand that that's fine i'm just trying to i'm trying to gauge what the response is so that when i go to a promoter and they say how many tickets i can sell i say none (laughs) and then they don't hire me
1: that's kind of an interesting aspect to uh uh the 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 internet aspect of music these days with like bandcamp and soundcloud and then facebook uh, it's a lot easier to get stuff out there but it's kind of interesting that you bring up not really having a fan base locally like that's yeah. something i, th- I th- that's something that's like it's the total opposite of how it used that's to way work in the Yeah.
0: You'd you'd start in whatever town you were in and then you'd move to and then your band might move to or you'd start playing shows in like a center of activity. Around here, the dream was always to go to Pittsburgh. You know, if you were playing in Pittsburgh, you were getting somewhere, you know, or if you were playing out in Harrisburg or sometimes sometimes if you could, people, shut up. People go to Harrisburg. She looked at me when I said Harrisburg and she's like, what? People go to Harrisburg. There's some good gigs out there, man. Uh, Or, you know, DC or going somewhere like that to really get stuff done or like I mentioned earlier my father moved to California he got on a plane and he let, he didn't leave he like he, he told my mo- he told my mother I'm going to go and try and do this while I still have time and it didn't work it didn't pan out just because cuz you know different factors happen and and that's the thing like that was it for him like he it didn't pan out cuz he wanted to be closer to his kids and that was it he had his shot and to him that was it he lost it so, cuz he he had to leave to be back with his family cuz that was important to him and i guess the guy who had been playing guitar started being an asshole and changing stuff or something like that so that was there too and and that was it for him like he stopped at that point he actually he got back in a band around here for like three or four years after that. But I remember growing up when I was like nine or ten years old, he didn't play. He just didn't play guitar and he didn't play bass anymore. He wasn't in a band because he was being a father. And that never really clicked with me, I think. Like, I don't see myself not having the drive or the time to be able to do something about it, even if it's at a slower pace because I have to take care of family shit. Like... I just I really feel like the internet makes it more possible to do things or even just to network with local musicians. Like I've been I've been posting on Craigslist and we have a local page called Rock Page over here. It doesn't sound very good. <laughs> and it it doesn't <laughs> because it's not. <laughs> and and one of those guys from from there is probably going to hear this somehow and write a nasty email to me and I'll just be like fuck you (laughs) you never put me in the Pennsylvania musician did you Jim Price I'll name his fuck I'll name that fucking guy's name I'll name that guy's name no you know what I wanna piss that guy off cause he's like just the biggest piece of shit around here he only writes about bands that either suck ass or who are bands that are his buddies like bands that buy him drinks and suck his cock we all know, buddy. You know, if you do that for him, he'll, he'll write up a nice little live review for you in the Pennsylvania Musician, and you'll get about 50 more people to come to your shitty bar show. And that's it. Like, like seriously. I mean, he, he, has, he even has a radio show where he plays Pennsylvania's best local music. Central Pennsylvania's best local music, I think it says, or whatever. And I've been sending demos into him since I was fucking 17 years old. And I've never ever gotten anything back. I've never even gotten like a no thank you or please stop sending me these. I've gotten three this week. You know, I've, n- I've never gotten anything from the guy. So as far as I'm concerned, fuck him. What do you mean I never what? Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. If you're like under 50, he doesn't really give a shit about you. He doesn't promote any young talent. Like he he, doesn't—he, well, that's the whole music scene around here. The whole local music scene—it's impossible to get a gig because everybody around here is some washed-up forty-five-year-old. Because here's the thing: I just want to get in a cover band to play on weekends. Not even really seriously, for fun, to make some quick cash, because I'm good at it. I can sing fucking rebel yell like nobody's business, man. But it's impossible to get a fucking gig around here. Because there's just there's nothing there's there's so many other old people bands and I say that like bands that but like bands with older people in them like they never moved on or gave up and cleared the scene for the next crop of dudes because I don't know why because this scene is terrible because young people don't go to bars around here for some reason. Well, because the bars suck. Because there's these shitty 40-year-old bands in them. (laughs) It's it's a vicious cycle. You know, you can't get the young people in the bars because they don't go because the bands are old people. Well, if you get young people in there, then you could get young people to see them. But you can't get any young bands in there because the 40-year-old bands are still around. So it just, it never, it never moves on. And also, nobody around here wants to hear original music in any capacity whatsoever. I know a band of guys who I went to high school with, and they're all right. They do, like, this kind of metalcore-y thing. It's, it's, it sounds kind of like Killswitch Engage, basically. And, and uh, A Day to Remember and stuff like that. Stuff that I don't really like. But, yeah, I actually do have the, the screaming guy from that on um from that band vision to none on the song blasphemer on termina which you can buy now on onslaught6.com for five dollars digitally and ten dollars for a cd if you're lucky i might actually ship it um
1: (laughs) that's reassuring
0: (laughs) that's gonna drive that's gonna drive sales yeah that's that's that there goes my entire sales base there I'm, i'm not very good with the mail i'm sorry but, like, they've been a band pretty much since we were in high school, which is five or six years now. And they, they've put out a couple CDs, and they've written some songs, and they used to just play all original shows. Like, they would have people... Like, there'd be three... It'd be a three-song, or a three-set fucking gig, and they'd have them and two openers, or they'd open for two other guys, or they'd open for one in the middle, whatever. And... I went to see them at uh, this bar around here called the Avondale a couple months ago. And I'm like, they're all playing covers. Their, their whole set, all three sets, were all covers. And they played one original at the end of the night. And I went up to, to Jesse, the guy I, who sang on my song at the end of it. And I'm like, why are you playing original? Or why are you playing covers now? I thought you guys were an original band. He goes, we weren't making any fucking money. Fuck that. And I'm like, D- that's the scene here. Like, you can't, you can't establish yourself as an original act. You just can't, because nobody will give you the time of day. Not if, if you even go to a bar and say that you, that you want to book a gig there, and you say you're an original band, they, they'll, they'll just be like, we'll get back to you, or we don't book original bands. I've heard that before. We don't book original bands. How? How? How don't you? how do you expect anything to happen with that you can't it's impossible and that's why the music scene in central pennsylvania is so shitty jim price and shitty bar owners and nobody wants to hear original music even if i was playing like stuff that sounded like modern original pop rock or something like that like if i was in a band that sounded like nickelback i wouldn't be able to get a gig even if I sound like Nickelback, one of the bands that everybody seems to like for some uh, god awful reason, you know, it's it's just it's weird. And I un- I mean I understand that all all everybody gets their start playing covers. I understand that it's not it's not that I'm expecting to waltz in there and hand a bar owner Termina and say, oh, you want to hire me? You know, but. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's that tone is when I try and book her. Hey, you wanna hire me? Uh, listen to my music.
1: That could that could be your first problem, but I would hire you based on that.
0: I haven't <laughs> thought about that. I haven't considered that. anybody yeah. that would hire me based on that pitch is somebody that I want to want to play a gig for. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: If you could collaborate with any other musician in the world. Uh, living or dead who would it be and in living what capacity dead.
0: or dead man you just fucking you just fucked yourself because I could talk all day
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I have to I, alter I, these questions in the future
0: <laughs> yeah you'll have to I have altered the deal pray, pray that I don't alter it further <laughs> <laughs> um, dead definitely that fucking third guy from skinny puppy whose name I can never remember <laughs> Whatever, whatever that guy's name is. Get all, I, I, I hear you typing. Go on Wikipedia right now. Figure out who the dead guy from Skinny Puppy is. That's the guy that I want. Because he wrote the string part in Warlock, and I think that is the coolest string part I've ever heard. So I would just hire him and say, do nothing but that all day. <laughs> and I'm sure there's some other dead guys that I don't remember right now. Because, again, unprepared. Awesome. But, um... I would Devin Townsend is up there and that's somebody that I think if the situation was right and the money was right that's somebody that I could actually achieve like cuz he's produced many bands before he said he's not producing anymore cuz he doesn't want to deal with the he he says I I produced for these bands who didn't understand who they were and I didn't want to deal with their drama anymore so that's why I stopped producing and but I I personally think that in 5 or 10 years time that's, that's going to come up back up again where he'll run out of ideas for a while and he'll need to produce to make some money <laughs> so that's the point that I will go to my hopefully then label and say I want Devin Townsend to produce my next album and I would, I would just make him a producer and I might let him play guitar if, and sing if he wanted to <laughs> I might let him I might let Devin Townsend do something if I were In that position. I might let him, you know, do that and help write it if he wanted to. But I just think his whole production style is awesome. And the way he just makes things together and stand out and piece together in like... I'd make it a big swirly concept album. Like, I'd make like a Pink Floyd album, but now. With him producing. And I think that would really sound cool. Or it'd sound like shit and make no money.
1: Um Dwayne was the guy.
0: Dwayne got till right. There you go. There yeah. you go, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it looks like. Uh that's the other thing about growing up in the internet age. There's a lot of words and names and things like that that you've read a lot, but you've never actually heard anyone say them. So and then one day you're out, you know, talking to your friends or you're on the street or you're talking to some stranger. And you say what you think the word is because that's how you read it. And they're like, you, you said it like that. Like I was at work one day and this lady that I worked with said something. And I walked out of my office and I looked at her and I said, are you being facetious with me? She goes, you mean facetious? <laughs> and I go, God. yeah. <laughs> that is what yeah. I meant. But when you read it, it looks like facious, So that's what I said. Anyway, you hate gay people, so fuck off. (laughs) Because that was what the argument was about. She was, I don't want to get into it.
1: Okay. Um, That's an issue that doing these podcasts, especially with the artist title, the artist names. Yes, absolutely. Constantly butchering names. And I feel bad doing it, but like, it's like you say, you never
0: hear somebody say it.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: That's that's the other reason that I really picked onslaught 6 as a title. It's you read it and it goes you know, you read it and you automatically know what it is cuz it's two fucking words. It's real words that <laughs> that exist. Which isn't a knock on anybody or anything like that, but like although I have entered some occasions where I've said to people onslaught 6 and they don't know how to spell that, but that's because again, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> you know i have i've i've been to um like i when i got a bank account they were like what's your email address and i'm like onslot 6gmailcom and she stared at me and i'm like o-n-s-l-a-u g-h-t-s-i-x <laughs> there was an awkward pause there and i felt the need to, to finish it <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay uh, those awkward pauses just means I'm doing my job right. Oh, okay. And that awkward moment finishes off part one of The Onslaught 6, and we back with a regular radio-style episode. Follow the week after that with the conclusion to this epic two-part interview. Thank you for listening. For EMG Radio, visit or our official website, www.emgradio.blogspot.com.
0: You can also find us on Facebook at wwwfacebookcom Ding 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 ding
1: no <laughs> dude wouldn't it have been amazing then if you just went through the whole <laughs> just, song acapella, i can do it too. i can and do we it just too. played that <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right we've got another song here from hansa hot sex